a model to follow. In 1721, the plague hit Europe, and in particular the town of Marseille, Marseille, France. The bishop at the time, his name was Henry Henri Francois Xavier. When the plague hit, many of the notables all got on a boat and left. But the bishop, who had been seen as perhaps uncharitable and intolerant before that, chose to stay. And he and many other priests chose to stay and serve the people. And in the course of that year, 250 priests died. In a letter he wrote to another bishop, he said this, I am still, by the grace of God, on my feet among the dead and dying. Everyone at my side has been stricken, and of the many ministers of the Lord who have accompanied me, I have only one remaining. My household itself has fallen victim. Eleven have died, and five are still ill, though out of danger. The plague has been in Marseille for three months and still showed no signs of abating. I was forced with a vinegar-soaked sponge over my nose and wearing my cassock to clamor among the corpses to seek out and offer confession and consolation to the dying who had been thrown out of their houses and abandoned on mattresses among the dead. Twice he was given the opportunity to move to a different diocese, and both times he said no. That he chose to stay with his people. That's what the love of a shepherd looks like. It's what the love of Christ looks like. Today we celebrate three main things with, on this Holy Thursday. First, we have the institution of the priesthood. Secondly, we have the institution of the Eucharist. And third, we see the washing of feet, the model of service that Christ offers to his disciples. You see, if the priest was able to act and speak in the person of Christ, that's a big power. That's a power that could be lorded over others. A priest could easily dictate how he wanted things to be or impose his preferences to lord his authority over others about what he wants. But Jesus shows a different model of what leadership looks like. To lead is to serve. Matthew 23, 11 says, The greatest among you must be your servant. And on this night, in this scripture tonight, we hear, he says, he shows us what this looks like. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. Every priest is called to live like this. In Italy, the last number I heard was over 90 priests have died. That rather than running from the sickness, that they've run towards it to offer confession and anointing of the sick and the Eucharist and even their very lives. But priests are not the only ones. There's medical professionals, public servants, police, 
all sorts of people who have chosen to lay down their lives in service of the people around them. Tonight, Jesus freely offers himself to his disciples. He serves them. He offers them the Eucharist, his very body and blood. John 15, 13 says, No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus calls us friends. And tonight he gives to us, his body, his beloved, his church, the greatest treasure. His own life in the Eucharist and on the cross. He gives us his very strength because we cannot love like him without him. This is a love that's not just for priests, but for every single one of us. I was on a a webinar today with some different people in the Diocese of Phoenix, and they were asking the question, how can we serve our young people in this time? How do we reach out to our young adults and, and help them to know Christ and be invited into faith? But I feel like that answer is the same as it was a month ago by loving them, by reaching out to them and showing them the authentic love of Christ. It means to, what has to happen is the people who love Christ and who love those people need to act on that, as Jesus shows us tonight. That when you and I make incarnate the love of our Savior, that's what draws people to him. Matthew Kelly shares a story about a man who was taken prisoner in Asia. And he's thrown into the cell with this other man that he didn't know. But over the course of some days and nights, he got to know him. And this other man wasn't doing quite so well. And so this new prisoner shared with him his bread and helped take care of him, helped share some of his, you know, the little clothing and blankets that he had. And one night, that prisoner was thrown back into the cell after receiving, receiving a very severe beating. And this man thought to himself, he's not going to make the night. And he thought, I've shared with him my bread, my friendship, my care, but I have not shared with him my Savior. And so he reached over to the man, and he kind of lifted him up, and he said, there's something I want to share with you. I want to share with you my Lord, my Savior, my friend, Jesus. He's my model, he's my inspiration, and he's the reason I have tried to love you the best that I can. And he desires to be in friendship with you, to have a relationship with you. And I pray that you will see him when you die. Is this something that you're open to? And the man opened his eyes and looked at him and said, Friend, if he's anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. You and I who are, in a sense, imprisoned at home now in close quarters with people that sometimes are really hard to love, like us. But this actually gives us the perfect opportunity to show charity, to show patience, to show a Christ-like love, to make his love visible. I know there's many college students who are home and during this year they've encountered Christ in a deeper way. That this becomes the opportunity 
to show our families that it wasn't just nice words or a nice experience, but that the love of Christ has truly penetrated our lives and is made visible in all of our actions. That Jesus tonight gives us a model to follow. He gives us his very self.